0: I was slow coming up to the pulpit here to wipe away my tears. I love this country. Do you? I love America. And guess what? No matter what they do, they cannot take America out of our hearts. Period. We are here to celebrate a great, great country. And before we do that, the three choirs did such an excellent job. Let's give them a hand. Wow, these little kids. And I congratulate Sylvia and Randy and the choir. Number one, for choosing such beautiful patriotic songs and hymns. I enjoy these very much. And uh, we started celebrating a little bit early, but we are going to continue all this week uh, through the 4th of July. And then uh, we shall celebrate it in our hearts as long as we live. Amen. Before I go into my message, I was disappointed this week by the news that I've heard about America. I'm not trying to be political. I was, I'll, I'll never be from behind this counter. But I'll be an American because America accepted me and gave me all the opportunities in the world. To enjoy being an American. The liberties, the freedom, and the good life. And if, if there is anyone who comes into this country from far away or close or from over the Atlantic or Pacific. And this person being a, a woman or a man do not enjoy the freedom that we have and the liberties that we have. And the life that we have, I would ask them to just pack up and leave the country. I was so sad, but I came this morning with sadness in my heart. That there are things happening that we cannot control, but we hope. And we pray that they will be controlled And if God interferes, He will control them if He pleases. Church of God, we shall continue preaching the Word of God. We shall continue believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only Savior. We shall continue carrying the torch that our forefathers carried and gave us. And preach to us. And the church of God will continue going further regardless. Because we believe in a living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will preserve us. I was sitting this morning at the breaking of bread. And these verses came to my mind. These verses, I, it, they encouraged me and I would like to encourage you on this beautiful day, the celebration of our independence. And this verse says, crowns and thrones may perish. Kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. Gates of hell can never, can never Against that church prevail. We have Christ, our promise, and that cannot fail. Regardless what's happening, let's stand firm. Believing in God and knowing that He will carry us through until we hear the trumpet sound and we see Him coming to take us and be with Him forever. Then we don't have to be sad or we will not be affected by what's happening. Well, I would like to ask you to give me 15 minutes more over the time because we enjoyed the choir. And since this is a celebration, give me a few minutes more so I can keep you here. Uh, I don't want to bore you. Are you bored already? All right. We're going to continue then. (laughs) During some of the darkest days of the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln reminded his fellow Americans that we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. True, to be born in a land of freedom, to live in a nation founded upon the principles of the Bible, And to learn about those founding fathers, I'm going to talk about them today. And what they did to give us this life is a great gift seldom appreciated by this generation. The core group of patriots who shaped the political, legal, and religious foundation of our nation is one of many privileges we Americans should be proud of and honored to have. When I prepared this message, I never knew what kind of songs they are going to sing. But they, song, they sang about our forefathers, our patriots. I said, this goes along with my message. And today we are going to learn or refresh our memories. Those, people, those of you who are still going to high school to college, and you study about the history of our nation, I want to bring few glimpses to you this morning. No other nation under the sun has this solid foundation that America has. And this is the secret of our success and supremacy. John Adams, the second president, said, the general principles upon which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Amen. I will avow, he says, that I believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable As the existence and attributes of God. Ulysses S. Grant. If you're studying history, you will know who am I talking about. He is the 18th president. Said, hold fast to the Bible. As the sheet anchor of your liberties. Write its precepts in your hearts. And practice them in your lives. To the influence of this book are indebted for all the progress made in true civilization. And to this, we must look as our guide in the future. Amen. Dwight D. Eisenhower, another of our great presidents, he said, Recognition of the supreme being is the first, the most basic, and expression of Americanism Without God, there could be no American form of government nor an American way of life. All for men and women today, those who are in leadership especially, to take a stand for God and for our country. Realizing that no nation can be strong Except in the strength of God. Or safe. Except in his righteousness. And the Bible said it. And the Bible had it before. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a disgrace. To any people. There were 56. Who signed the declaration of the independence. And amongst them. Twenty-four were lawyers. Twenty-four. Lawyers. (coughs) And jurists. Eleven were merchants. Nine were farmers. Let's hear it for the farmers. Amen. And they were also plantation owners. They were men of means. Well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that penalty would be death. If they ever captured them. Nevertheless, they signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. That should influence us. And anchor our faith that if should should the Lord tarry and we are going to be persecuted, that we will never back off. We will stand for Jesus Christ regardless of what happened. And most historians, this is a lesson in history for especially for those who are going to college and school. They were with the Founding Fathers at that historical session, 56 delegates to the Constitutional Convention. And you know, as a matter of public records, the delegates included, I don't know whether we have any, 28 Episcopalians, how, how about that? They were men of God at that time. Eight Presbyterians. There were seven Congregationists. Two Lutherans, and two Dutch Reformed Methodists, and two Roman Catholics were there, and etc., etc., for the sake of time. A full 93% of these members of Christian churches were deeply influencing the biblical foundation of our nation. I want to give you a little story about one founder. He was a signer. The only signer from the College of New Jersey. The Reverend John Witherspoon. He's seldom mentioned. He was a Presbyterian, by the way. He was the only clergyman to sign the Declaration of Independence. He had a far-reaching influence on democracy and he had personally taught several of the signers of the Declaration and nine of them were graduates of that little college in New Jersey. When he took his pen, and please listen, when he took his pen to put his name to the document, Witherspoon declared, There is a tide in the affairs of men, a spark that we perceive before us. To hesitate is to consent to our slavery. He that will not respond to its accent and strain every nerve to carry into effect its provisions is unworthy of the name of free man. For my own part, the reverend said, of property I have some, of reputation I have more. All, I pledge all on the issue of this contest. And although these gray hairs must soon descend to the grave, I would infinitely rather that they descend there by the hand of the executioner than Desert at this crisis in our history, the sacred cause of my country. We never read about Reverend Witherspoon, and he lived. Honorable men like him gave us what we have today. Are we ready to carry on? That's my challenge. Are we willing to stand? And I can say, by the grace of of God, we shall stand. Yes? This freedom that we have was paid for by blood. Especially the freedom of speech. And the freedom to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And spread his word. Now let's face the reality. While we have much to admire. And love. And be thankful for. In being able to call America our home. I look around. And I know you agree with me. And what do I see? Our nation is rapidly drifting from its biblical foundation. Our zeal and the freedom we have to serve God and to promote the gospel is slowly disintegrating. Most families don't go to church anymore. And if they go, It's on special occasions. Many of our churches have drifted from teaching the truth to social gathering and youth entertainment. Our schools and universities have abandoned God. And our education system is not anymore the number one in the world. Why? I have one answer for you. We veered from the original standard. We veered from the original standard. And what was our standard? The Bible. We are a Christian nation. We are not a nation of many Christians and many religions. Don't. That's final. We are. But we have veered from that. And I say with me, Wake up, America. Hear, please hear what they said then. Abraham Lincoln said, We have forgotten the gracious hand which has preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched. And strengthened us and have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings that we have were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Thomas Jefferson said, God gave us life, He gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed all convictions that these liberties are the gift of God? He said, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. We have taken the liberty that we have and used it to display unlawfulness and unethical means toward our fellow citizens. Our schools and universities are defying God and teaching our children to deny God himself. Loyalty to the country is no more taught. There is no fear of God in these educational institutes. Do you know? I want to give you two examples. I still have seven minutes. Don't sleep on me. This is our independence celebration. Do you know that most of America's oldest universities... Were started by preachers and churches? Christian nation. Remember school children. Those who are going to college. In high school. Remember Harvard University for example. Which was founded in 1636. Adopted rules and precepts which stated. This is stated. Check it out. Research it. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. That was Harvard University. The original seal of Harvard University says truth for Christ and the church. Where are we today, Harvard? Yale College. You've heard of Yale, right? Yale College, which was founded in 1701. With the, they have a stated goal, says, Every student shall consider the main end of his study to wit to know God in Jesus Christ, and answerably to lead a godly and sober life. What are they teaching today? Don't lose heart, church. We will teach it. We will teach the fear of God. As long as we live. And as long as these doors are open. We will only honor Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Period. Unfortunately, as time went by. A philosophical shift took place in our universities, and in America. And the biblical principles for education were slowly abandoned with sad and tragic consequences resulting in shutting God out of our schools and universities. And is it strange as a result to find broken homes? The family life is almost non-existent. Our society is ungodly. Wow. Is it ungodly? Our national life is in chaos. Even the rulers of our country, they don't know what to do. Add to that, Christianity is being persecuted. And the question you say, why? Why Adolf? Let me say this. I believe that the founders were correct. In asserting that America would fail if it lost its religious foundation. We are engaged, that's my challenge, in a great spiritual battle that threatens our country, our families, our lives, our future, and our only weapon Our only weapon, please hear me, is the power of prayer. Our founding fathers knew the power of prayer and the purpose of prayer. From our nation's beginning, if you study the history of our nation, through times of war and tragedy, we have been called to pray. To pray that the hand of the almighty God might show forth his mercy and intervene with his grace toward America. And today is no different. Last year, I ended my message on July 4th of July 4th with the following. And I want to bring it to your attention. Second Chronicles 7.14 You should remember that if my people... Who are called by my name. Humble themselves. And pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will hear their land. Are we ready to do that? It's not being a a part of a political party. That's personal. It's not saying I want to do this and that. We should be on our knees. All of us. We should lift our hearts up to the Lord. And ask Him to interfere. In the welfare of our land. And all the resources. And this is the promise of, the, of God. All the resources of the Almighty God. And His word. Are available to us. He rules in the affairs of men and nothing is too hard for him. Let us bend our knees, humble our hearts and start praying for the country. Let us be willing to help turn this generation and this great nation back to God. Let us stand in the gap and make our lives Available to be used by almighty God. Let us go to business for, the, for Jesus Christ. God wants to come and bless us again. And he wants to come and forgive our sins and heal our nation. He is ready. Are we ready? This week, we're going to celebrate on Saturday, our Independence Day. We have a great picnic. We look forward to have fun and play and enjoy each other and enjoy our fellowship. And I don't want to leave you any sad note, but as we heard during the breaking of bread, we have to, something to rejoice that the world outside Christ do not have and that is, the Lord gave us independence from sin through the second birth. We have been born again through his salvation. And we are, then he gave us the independence of our country. And we celebrate two independences on July 4th. Independence from sin and independence from slavery. And we bring them together and rejoice. I don't know how can people rejoice in any given celebration without the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask you, if you are living so far without the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, without having forgiveness of sins, true freedom in Him, true independence from sin, I ask you today not to leave this place before taking Jesus Christ as your Savior. As your person who can release you and break the chains of sin. And give you real freedom. Then then you can celebrate real independence. As for me, I'm looking forward. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy it with you all. But let's never forget that we should be always on our knees. For this great country. That God has given us. We still have the freedom. The liberties. Let's honor it. And let's honor the law. That God has given us. And the rest is up to him. Amen. Amen. Have a happy 4th. I'll see you Saturday morning. At the picnic. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father we are thankful. We can still celebrate. The Independence Day of this country. In in such liberty and freedom. Help us. To live. First for you. Then to honor this country of ours. And those hearts that are. Still not. Given to you. They are still. In chains. By the dominion of sin. We pray. This afternoon. That you give these people true independence from sin, liberty from sin by forgiving them their sin and giving them a true life in Jesus Christ. Dismiss us, we pray. In his name we ask. Amen.